Gather round, circle up, fill the cup, spill the tea. Just believe, just believe the diamond dogs are here. And that means that you're not alone. We get one shot at this life. And heaven knows, heaven knows that we try, that we try. The diamond dogs are here. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Dogs Podcast. Today, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 8. Lots of things are uh, coming along in this episode, including, which we're really excited about, the first mention publicly of the Diamond Dogs and who they are, which we're going to get to in a little bit. We're not going to spoil that for you now and where it comes from. But those of you who have been wondering why this is called the Diamond Dog Podcast, you're going to finally get that now. There it is. There you go. (laughs) Why is it called the Diamond Dogs? You'll find out. That's weird. That's right. So we see some, there's some relationship stuff happening here. Uh, Ted is uh, talking about his troubles concerning Sassy with Beard, Nate, and Higgins and what all happens around that. Keely and Roy are trying to figure out like how things are going. Meanwhile, we get a visit from Jamie to Keely, who comes back, and they're trying to figure out relationship dynamics and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Ted thanks Rebecca for all of her help during his first panic attack, which we talked about last uh, episode, and her good nature that's coming out. And as often happens when we get into a good rhythm here, Rupert just pops back up and blindsides Rebecca with some just things that are unexpected. And it it uh, leads to a showdown in darts, which also, and I don't think we have any of these in the quotes, but he has more puns about milk in this yes. episode, which, and they're, oh and they're gosh. hilarious, they're especially hilarious. when they go to the bar yes. and you got to be listening very, I actually ro- rolled it back a couple of times to watch. And, uh, and, and the then, context for the milk jokes is that they're supposed to go meet these two, like, you know, small percentage owners that are called the milk sisters. So then he yes. starts in on the milk jokes it's, and it's, it, it's, they're fantastic. so fast again. Yeah. If you don't watch the show with the captions on, like you, you just have to, to catch everything that's happening. Yes. So good. And then another big thing that happens here is that Roy and Keely do uh, wind up going on a date, have this uh, kiss in public that a paparazzi person is, is filming and Roy goes over and takes his card and they realize that this paparazzi photographer has pictures of Ted and Keely from back the beginning of the show. And Keely, true to her nature, storms into Rebecca's office and is like, I know what's going on and you have to do something about it. And you have to tell Ted that this is a deal. And if you don't, I'm gonna. So with that, let's dig in. Yeah. It's such a, you know, as we're ramping up to the season finale, now the all these plot points are kind of coming together of and it, it's just so much fun to watch. So I think let's start with like some of the stuff that happens earlier. I think we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about the dart scene because it's, you know, yeah. it's got a bunch of stuff in it from a leadership perspective that we can, yes. we can tackle. I don't want to miss a couple of 
just smaller moments that happen. So, you know, Ted has this great moment in the last um, episode with Rebecca, where she kind of helps him through this panic attack. And at the beginning of the episode, he comes out on the field, they're just getting ready to start practice. And um, he, he says something to the team, like, do y'all ever watch Sesame street? (laughs) And then they, they get all pulled together. You don't really know what's happening. And then up in, up in her office, which Rebecca can see the field from her office, um, Higgins like gestures and the team spells out high boss in their body. <laughs> so good. So funny. The whole scene is so funny. And also just like, you know, he's just bringing fun and joy and appreciation yeah. in whatever form feels authentic to him. And it's, you know, funny and the team plays along with it. Even Roy, you know, everybody's playing yeah. along with it. It's just a really fun moment. And he challenges her too, right? Because she says, she kind of is like, hi, Ted. And he's like, can't hear you. (laughs) And she goes, hi. And and he gets up after that and he's like, she heard it. She felt it, you know, and it's like (laughs) sends energy through the team. And yeah, total goof. But, you know, I think one of the things that I, I tell people a lot, and I've seen this and I know you have as a facilitator as well. It's amazing to me what adults will do when you tell them to do it with enough confidence that it's a thing. That's so true. And, and so much of this, so much of the show is Ted, like, let's just, let's do this. We're going to spell out high boss on the field. Yep. I mean, professional the number, footballers, the number of grown up executive people that have let me blindfold them in my career. I mean, it's a lot, you guys, like it's a lot of people that will let me blindfold them and then play a ridiculous game. So yeah, yeah never same. underestimate what you can get people to do. The number of people I've talked into climbing up a 40 foot climbing wall and going off a 800 foot zip yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be me just for the record, but yes, you say that now. No, I've no, that one I've I'm, I'm unconvincible with that particular mm. task, but never say never Beth. I feel a diamond dogs podcast team building coming. Yes, indeed to be continued. (laughs) All right. I have to, I have to uh, share a quote that to me, like this embroiled on my spirit, how much I love this show. So the setup is it's the morning after sassy and Ted hooked up. And she wakes up and he's, she's like, have you been up long? He's like, a few hours, a couple hours, three, actually, you know, and he's, he gives, he says that she's, you know, gives her coffee and, and he's got to leave to get on the bus. And she says, I'm going to sleep in, in this big old bed, and I'm going to order a huge breakfast on your tab. And you have to know the movie Fletch which I know backwards and forwards because I've literally watched it in the hundreds of times. And he says, when he said it, I was like, did he, I, I rewound it like three times. Cause I had to make sure he said it. He goes, I'll be your underhills anytime. So any of our Fletch loving folks out there, uh, you'll, you know, who, who Ted Underhill is and you will appreciate that quote. And it happens again so fast and he just moves on to the next thing so if you didn't know that it was there which beth i don't think you no, you like, I, I didn't I, I didn't see I it don't i think i've seen fletch once and i was very young because yeah. i'm much for those of you who don't know i'm much younger than jason oh there it is it finally comes out <laughs> must and by much i mean like out. six years but we're gonna call that a lot um, i mean much much is relative isn't it yeah i think i think you're right about that <laughs> so um, do we want to talk a little bit first before we get to the the dart scene of the actual 
you know, the, the, the yeah, official the formation let's, of yeah, the Diamond let's Dogs. Yeah, the Diamond Dogs. Yeah. Uh, so Roy finally comes in. He's, he's, he's frustrated with his relationship with Keeley because uh, he can't get Jamie out of the picture. Um, and so he comes in and, and talks a little bit about it. And uh, Ted says to him, Some, sounds like someone's trapped in the world's most complicated shape, the love triangle. Second to that is walking in on my mother-in-law changing into her swimsuit dodecahedron. <laughs> to, which Roy, to which Roy responds, does my face look like it's in the mood for shape jokes? And Ted says, no. But to be fair, it really does. It really and does, it's all yeah. so like it's deadpanned super and super fast hilarious. too. It happens fast. And then right after that, go ahead and take it, Beth, because this is the big this yeah. is the great un- so, this is a great so Ted, Ted then offers up the services of the Diamond Dogs for um this particular um conversation. And and <laughs> Roy says, Who the fuck are the diamond dogs? <laughs> And we believe it's Nate. I'm going to have to fact check that. It Nate sounds says, like Nate. I think it's Nate says just a group of people who care. <laughs> it's so good. It's and so good. as they're, as they're giving Roy his, um, ad, their advice. I love the way at the end beard, you know, uh, I think Ted tees him up and says, beard, you want to take this home and beard just looks at Roy and he says, grow up and get over it. And then, uh, Ted's like the diamond dogs have struck again and they all howl and Roy just walks off pissed off, yeah. which is just, it's just fantastic. Yeah. But then for the record, he does go ahead and do what they tell him to do. He, he does, does get do over that. it and asks yep. Keely out and it all goes very well. So right. anyway, my, my other favorite quote there is when Keely and Roy are arguing and Roy just is pissed and he's growling. He can't even talk. And she looks at him and she goes, why don't you come back and tell me how you feel when you learn to speak again? <laughs> And Roy, like true to the moment, just is like, <laughs> and just walks away. And that's what leads him to the Diamond Dogs. Yeah. Why didn't Nate uh, name the Diamond Dogs? What did he say that he he always wanted? <laughs> so this is part of the earlier scene. They officially become the Diamond Dogs in the earlier scene where Ted is talking about his issues with Sassy. And they are brainstorming names and they come up with a different thing. And then Nate throws out Diamond Dogs and... <laughs> Then he says, I've always wanted to be part of a group where I can talk about the com- complex dynamics of a, between men and women. <laughs> just so perfect. It cracks me up. Oh, it's so funny. So, so much of this, this, uh, this episode is around curiosity and questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the moment that really kicks off the diamond dogs, Nate's like terribly hung over from the from the celebrations before and um ted gets off the bus and beard's like are you okay and he's like yeah and he goes well we just took a five hour bus ride and you didn't say one word which is a record by five hours and and so ted like goes on this diatribe he's like i'm going to tell you something i don't ever want to talk about it ever again i don't want to be i don't want a knowing look i don't want to glance i don't want to insight like none of those things so he tells him about him and sassy and uh, Beard looks at him and goes, so you want to talk about it? And Ted says, yeah, immediately. And off they, <laughs> off they go to talk. Beca- again, questions, right? Like, do you, do you really? And we talked about this a little on, the last, on our last show, but I think this, this ability, this willingness to ask questions and to be curious. I had a leader once, and I think this is a great challenge for any leaders listening. 
He said, do you know one interesting and personally important thing about each person on your team? And I was like, oof. And this is a guy who knew like spouses' names, kids' names, remembered yeah. birthdays. I mean, he was a bit of a savant when it came to remembering some of that stuff. But his challenge was always, you need to know at least one thing that's important to the people on your team. And he would say, tune in. I'll never forget this. We may have already talked about this, but he would say, tune into their favorite radio station. And I was like, what's that? And he goes, W-I-I-F-M. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, what's in it for me? That's that's the frequency you need to be tuned into. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you get there by asking questions. You know, and that the the magic on the other end of that too is like when you feel seen and known and heard by somebody, mm-hmm. you know, it really changes the way you feel about work. I'm just thinking 100%. about a, a leader I had at the CIA who was like a divisional leader, you know, a pretty high up guy. Um, probably had 600-ish people in his, you know, chain. And he was somebody I knew um, decently well, just because of the type of work I was doing, I, you know, met with him, you know, occasionally, um, when I was working, um, in his department, but a big chunk of my career, I was on what's called a rotation. So like, I didn't, he was my career service, but, um, I worked and, and did all of my things in a different area. So I didn't interact with him for a number of years, honestly. Um, but he would send, um, any, and I don't even know, sometimes I don't even know how he found out that stuff was going on in our lives, but he was like the king of a handwritten note, mm. um, when something was happening in your life. So if you got a bonus for something, you know, if you got recognized for something, he would send a handwritten note, but he was also really great about, like, I was on rotation when I had my son, he sent me a really nice, um, mm. note while I was on maternity leave. Um, he somehow found out my grandma died, which I, I don't wow. even know how he knew that. Right. And I got a nice sympathy card from him. And, and he was somebody who didn't just do that as like a perfunctory thing. Right. If I saw him in the hallway, somebody, he would say, how's the baby or how's mm. your family doing since you're great? Like he would remember those things. It wasn't wow. just something he did on, he was really exceptional at that. And the, t- the type of memory it had to take to do that in his, in his realm, that was a real gift for him, That's but it awesome. just made you feel so seen, you know? And it didn't, you know what? You don't need money in the budget for that. No, it's a note it's card. Intention, right? Right. Like that's, you know. And maybe he had a spreadsheet of all the things for all the people. Who knows, you know? But, but if he had a spreadsheet, he studied it. Right. Wasn't, he didn't have it in his pocket when he saw me in the hallway. You know, like right. he, he definitely, um, he was special for sure. Yeah, that's Special good stuff. Leader. Okay, before we start talking about the dart scene, I wanna, I don't want to miss this scene. Um, so this in this episode, Higgins actually ends up quitting. Um Higgins so, grows up and yeah, he so there's grows a re- pair, so to speak. Yeah. So he there's this really great scene when he um he's really challenging Rebecca on what she's doing to the team. You know, that this maybe this this feud she has with Rupert isn't worth destroying this team for, and that Ted's a good guy and um, you know, she's not being very fair to him. And she has this real vulnerable moment with him where she says, you know, where was your speaking truth to power when, you know, Rupert was cheating on me, you know, and you where were was, taking me to lunch, right? Yeah, And you were pretending me. to be my friend and you were trying to distract me and you yeah. knew what was happening behind my back. And that really, like, I think that's the first time that element of their relationship is like explicitly called out and mm-hmm. the way that that hurt her. 
And he does a really heartfelt apology for that. Um, there's a really nice moment. Um, and then unfortunately he does go ahead and quit, but it's just a great, it's a great scene and it's a really vulnerable moment for Rebecca. Um, and I mm-hmm. love that they included that because I do think that really gets to the, to the core of both their relationship, but also, you know, her motivation for what, what she's been up to. And know, I would actually, really yes. And I would, I would go to, I would take the other, the other tack on his quitting. Cause you say, unfortunately quits, which is, it's bad for the team, but I think it's actually fortunate, which you'll learn in, in, you know, episodes that are coming it, to me, it showed, I can, I can feel bad and feel remorse and sorrowful and apologize for past events, but not allow those to dictate. Like he could have been like, yeah, you're right. And I'll just stay and take it. Right. But he's like, no, you're right. I, I, I did those things and I apologize. I shouldn't have done those things. And also I'm not standing for this anymore. And if this is something that you want to do, I'm going to, and, and she even says like, oh, you'll come back and I'll offer you more money and I'll, you know, I'll make your life a living hell, but I'll take you back. And, and he just, he walks out and he does not make the first move to come back. It's a little spoiler alert there, but um, I love that he can, he can apologize and hold his ground. Yeah. And I think that's, I think so often we're like, yeah, you got me. I got to go pay my penance, pay my dues, do my thing. Like I got, how long do I have to suck it up and walk around like Eeyore to, you know, pay for the sins of my past? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's straight up. He's like, Oh, fuck off. (laughs) We see some anger for him, which is usual. I love it. Love when Higgins gets fired up. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a great character. Yeah. Anyway, right. okay, let's get to the dark scene, my friend. Yeah, so good. So again, go back and watch this part because the milk, the milk puns oh. are just hilarious. Um, so they walk in and uh walk in and May is there uh that runs the bar and she's giving them uh Rupert and his are they engaged at this time? I think I think so. Yes, they I are yeah, because this is the engaged. yeah, this yeah. is the big deal. And he basically says that uh, he has he has bought out the uh, 2.9% ownership rights of the Milk Sisters. Well, actually not him, but Bex, who when she gets married to Rupert, Rupert says, so when we get married, and he, do you just see a peer into his soul a little bit here? He goes, so when we get married, uh, what's hers will be mine and what's mine will be mine, which you learned in the divorce, didn't you, Rebecca? Like, he's just such a scoundrel. Such a jerk, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And then, uh, and then why don't you take it from there? What happens? What happens after that? Yeah. So basically what ends up happening through a series of events is, you know, Rupert is talking about how he's excited to be in the owner's box with Rebecca every week. And, you know, you can just see that this is going to be another, um, like true pain point for, for Rebecca, like not the saying, but <laughs> like this is literally going to be another point that, that hurts her. And so this ends up in Ted challenging Rupert to a game of darts. Um, and he kind of, Ted kind of hustles totally <laughs> Rupert does. for the, you see a little bit of like, uh-huh. yeah, the hustler. Yeah. The yeah. hustler and Ted, the competitors there, he doesn't always come out, but this is a great scene for just seeing, you know, why this guy is a sports coach, you know, the, mm-hmm. the competition thing is definitely there. 
And so he challenges Rupert to darts. And the deal is if Ted wins, then Rupert's not allowed to sit in the owner's box. And if Rupert wins, then he's allowed to pick the starting lineup for a couple of games or something like that, I think mm-hmm. is the is the thing. And then just, I mean, a masterclass ensues. <laughs> yeah. So, so good. And, you know, it, it goes from this part where, where Ted's like, or Rupert's like, oh, you want to play? He's like, oh, I forgot I had these. And he pulls out, you know, his own like little carrying case of custom of darts. darts. <laughs> and, uh, and so Ted, you know, has thrown a couple of darts and uh, he looks at it, you know, after they've agreed on the wager and he goes, oh, he's like, oh, well, I forgot, which I think is a nod to the princess bride. I'm yeah, going to say that here is he goes, oh, I forgot. I'm not, or, I forgot I'm left-handed. And he uh, puts the darts in his left hand and throws, and I think hits a bullseye or yeah, or, yeah. yeah. and uh, and you kind of see Rupert, you know, his eyes go kind of like it's a it's a bit of an oh shit moment, <laughs> and uh, that really leads to the to the get to the end, and it it comes down to Ted's last throw, his last turn, and he's got three, he's you know he's got three darts that he has to to do. And, and he asks May, he says, May, what do I need to get to win? And again, you know, he's very calm and cool and it's such mm-hmm. a hustle moment. And she goes, you need two triple twenties and a bullseye. So if you've ever played darts, triple twenties or not, I mean, that triple ring around the top is not an easy, well, towards the middle, I guess is not an easy thing to hit. And two of those plus a bullseye, whew, that's a, that's quite a turn if you have that. And he just goes into this, and I don't even think we should really necessarily describe it. I think we just need to tell people to go watch oh, it. For sure, you have to watch it. It's so good. But basically, the gist of it is Ted is just like, people have judged me all my life instead of being curious. Yeah, underestimated. And, um, yeah. you know, really all it takes is a couple of questions, and, and you would have known that I played darts every week with my dad. And, you know, like, yeah, from the time I was, I think you said every Sunday from age 10 until I was, so we see another little insight into his story, right. From, from age 10 until I was 16 when he passed away and they cut to Rebecca at that moment for a very quick second for her to be like, she registers that like, Oh, hmm." you know, like here's a piece of his, of him that I didn't know before. And I love the way that they do that. Like it just continues continues a story and um as you can imagine the the ending is is what you would expect we won't mean yeah we won't run that the ending for you but yeah and then rebecca gets to do something really fun at the end too yes she does yes she does um and i think this is you know where where we went ahead with this conversation from a leadership perspective is i think this is this this quote that ted has around you know, all it takes is asking a question and being, being curious. curious. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of argument to be made for that is the number one leadership tip I would give most people is to get really curious about what's happening for other people and dial back the assumptions and the judgment mm-hmm. that you might be having about what's going on for people and just ask. <laughs> just ask what's happening for them. And maybe they don't want to tell you, um, maybe they will, and you'll learn something really powerful and really have a true moment of connection with, you know, a member of your team. Um, so we're excited. We're going to have a robust conversation with a close pal of ours, um, about 
this idea of questions and curiosity and get some tips and tricks on how, how we can all get better at doing that. Cause I think every one of us probably has some growing to do on that. Yeah. He is a master question asker. I know because he's been asking me them for well over two years now. And, um, as you can, as Beth and I were talking about before we hit record, (laughs) she, she got stuck in a, in a coaching Uh coaching session. What was your response to them? Do I have to be completely okay? My my response to them was sometimes I don't want to be fucking coached. <laughs> Believe was why it's like sometimes I just don't want to have to grow anymore. I grew last year. I did that last year. I love Most that. Jerks. I, this I is the problem with year. having a lot of coaches in your life. Yeah. Is sometimes when you're sharing things that are happening for you, um, you get some really excellent coaching that then means yeah. you have some work to do. <laughs> Yep. And, and uh, <laughs> it's not always something that maybe you want to do in that moment. And what I love, I'm, I, I, unfortunately, I missed the bulk of that conversation because I had to bail early. But th- what I love about those questions with our friends is they aren't, and this is where I think it's really critical as a leader, and I'm, we'll dive into this more with Brandon, but it, telling someone what they should do and asking questions to guide them to get to that on their own. There's, there is magic in that. And as you'll see, you know, Brandon and and you were there with Rachel too. I mean, I'm sure most of it was just questions and you know, like as you're answering, like, yeah, I know what I need to do, which is the whole point of a coach. It's just what they're so great at leading you to the thing you already know. Well, and it's really just, you know, clearing a path for, for, for really you saying out loud what, you know, yeah, already like people who hire coaches for answers always kinds of cracks me up. Like doing initial calls with people and they're like, well, I want, you know, I want to know your thoughts about this and your thoughts about that. And I'm I'm always like, well, I'm always much more curious about what your thoughts are on those, (laughs) those issues because you know, with very few exceptions, you know, I, I've absolutely sometimes do coaching with clients about, you know, maybe they're prepping for a feedback conversation and I have a few, Hey, these are some ideas I have around how you could start that conversation that might be a little bit smoother or might be received a little bit differently or, but most of the time it's just trying to, you know, uncover the greatness that's already there mm-hmm. and encourage it and validate it and, you know, give it light. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> so I can't wait to dig into that conversation with Brandon. It's going to be, get your pad and paper out, yep. pen and paper, pad and yep, paper, get your pen sure. and paper out. You're going to, there'll be some good nuggets coming. Yeah, for sure. Bird. All right. Well, we are happy to have a good friend and a fellow leadership nerd with us today. Um, Brandon, would you say hi and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Brandon Wilson. I'm super excited to be here. I love Ted Lasso. I don't remember who introduced me to Ted Lasso. I'll go ahead. Sure, it was me. It was probably us, right? Oh, totally. Totally. Probably me. Um, But I love the show. I've already. My wife and I started re-watching it just last night so I could get you know caught up and ready. But um, there are so many great lessons in it. I'm a, 
I'm a coach, I'm a facilitator, I'm a speaker. I started my own coaching practice and um, I, I do love leadership and I'm super excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Wonderful. We are super excited to have you. Yeah. Well, the the thing that really um, jumped out to Jason and I both about this episode is this great scene. I'm sure you remember it with the darts and the you know dart game between the Rebecca's ex and Ted. And there's this great conversation about judgment and curiosity. And I know that's a topic that's near and dear to your heart. And we wanted to really kind of deep dive into that for our listeners who might be um, curious about how to become even more curious and and reduce judgment. So what, what would you say to folks who are um, trying to make that transition? Yeah. Cause I think that's one of the toughest parts of really being a leader and being able to listen effectively and being able to gather information is being super curious. And one of the things that I love about the show, and especially uh, the episode that we're talking about today, is you start to see how important it is to really to be able to be curious, to be able to listen without judgment, you have to be in integrity with yourself. Mm, And that's a big component of the show. And you think about it like Ted's arc throughout both season one and season two, which I know we're just talking season one right now, (laughs) but that those things that are causing him anxiety, the anxieties around his, you know, becomes his ex-wife, the anxieties around, you know, his kid being across an ocean, when he isn't in acceptance of those things, it makes it really hard for him to stay in that curiosity space, to stay in that connective space and to really engage with the people around him. And it makes it to where, well, he sometimes comes off as, let's be honest, a a dick when he isn't able to accept those things. And you think about Rebecca's whole journey as she is, you know, at first trying to screw Ted over it's because of all this bitterness that she's not holding on to or that she's not letting go of. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's really hard for her to be in integrity with herself. You see these moments, these glimpses of her being able to be curious. And even in the dart scene, which I love so much, when he makes that statement and talks about how he lost his dad at the age of 16, you see something light up in her eyes. Like, oh, there's so much more to this person. And all of a sudden you see this glimpse of who she really is underneath those layers of bitterness and discomfort and just pain that she's gone through. And then she's forced to kind of reconcile with that for multiple reasons. But I think that's such an important part of curiosity is being aware of our own judgments and being aware of what's going on within us. Because when we don't reconcile that, we can't be curious. All of a sudden, I could be talking to Beth, but if you know, Beth sounds like someone that I used to go to high school with who I couldn't stand, (laughs) right? I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, that Beth is so annoying. But it's not because of Beth, it's because of a a prejudgment from something in my past. So that that self-awareness, that being in integrity with ourselves is, is um, is really important. Yeah, I like that, Ad, and I think it's super true that that the more aligned you are with yourself, the more self-aware you are, the more you're able to pull up and approach things with curiosity instead of judgment. I think that's yeah. absolutely true. Brandon, I'm I'm curious because 
you know, as Beth and I were going through the the episodes and, and when we came to this one, and this is by far one of my favorite scenes of all, I mean, cause I'm always rooting for the underdog to win too. So you just want Ted to, you know, stick it to him. No pun intended with darts. I'm curious. So when we were talking about the episodes and thinking about guests, you came to mind like this whole curiosity thing. You and I have had an ongoing uh, Thursday morning call, I think going on like close to two years now. And you are one of the most intentionally curious people I know. Um, and I mean, I mean what I'm about to say as a compliment, annoyingly so sometimes because you ask me questions and I'm like, damn it, I don't, I knew he was going to ask me that. I don't really want to, I don't want to answer that question. Can we, you know, and I'm trying to find another shiny object to move on to. To me, you have really honed that into, it's not just, it's not just a thing. It is a skill that you have. And I don't believe as I've moved around in the world that there are many with that skill to the level that you have it. Yet I see so much positive that comes from that skill. So if somebody's listening right now and they're like this integrity with yourself and being curious, like that sounds great. I don't know what that means. I don't even know how to get started. I don't even really know um, like w- what would even be step one. So if if, you, if somebody out there is intrigued about this curiosity thing, can you give them maybe a couple of pointers or a couple of suggestions of here's how you can cultivate that skill and that habit of curiosity? Yeah. That's a great question. And I, so I'm going to start by not answering that question because a, a thought came up to me. Just Which is what later. a good coach does too, right? Like, <laughs> like, let me go to the thing I really want to talk about and then maybe we'll get to your. And then, yeah, stuff. if, if there's time, we'll get to what, if, what sure. Jason's talking about. Yeah, we appreciate um, that. But uh, the, the, the thing that comes up to me is like, so to go back to that idea of integrity, the, the, the reason that I believe that piece is so important and what as a, as a coach and just in life, what I listen for is when I hear things that don't strike me as in integrity with people. And that's what tends to make me annoying is that's where I push is when people tell me something that I believe there's nothing behind, right. That either feels like it's just from their head or like there, there's some sort of conflict that I can hear I push on that. And the reason that I push on that is I, I, I mean, full disclosure for myself, I've spent a lot of my life completely out of integrity saying like, everything's great. When really (laughs) I wasn't happy and things were pretty shit. And so I can hear that because I felt it so much. Mm. And I think like, so then to, to answer your the question you were asking, what can people do to to increase their effectiveness in being curious? Is so two two things. Number one, I I I do think it is listening for yourself. When are you saying things? Be curious for yourself. When are you saying things that you're not feeling? But also listening, especially as a leader, for when your people are coming to you. And when you're asking them questions, hey, how are things going? And you hear that really quickly, things are fine. Tell tell me more about that. Unpack that a little bit for me, right? Push back and ask more questions. It's in that curiosity that you can learn a lot of really interesting things. And my guess is when you press pause, you can hear those moments where it doesn't sound like there's a a whole body like response behind what they're saying. It's just 
something sounds a little off. That's where it's great to have additional questions. I also think something that can be helpful to up your curiosity game is to just try and walk into each conversation wanting to learn something new. And mm, so you don't yeah. always know where that's going to go. But when you are, even in little casual conversations, hey, you know, we're recording this on President's Day. It's Monday, right? Like saying, hey, what did you do this weekend? And try and learn something new about the person that's across from you. Because when you learn new things, and I think that's also something great about Ted Lasso is he, I, I love just the little touches with Nate where he's like, we just unpeeled the onion of the, of of Nate there. And I love every every layer like those little things when we learn something new about someone it just deepens the connection and then when you're able to take that a step further to where when they come to you and you say hey how are things going and they say fine they're fine let's press pause there it, it doesn't sound like things are fine talk to me about what's going on yeah all of a sudden you have a little bit of a foundation of trust because you've been checking in with them and learning more about them to where when you push back on what they're giving you on the surface, sometimes you can get some really powerful information that can help you as a leader, make things better, remove obstacles, all those really important leadership elements. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. And it made me think one of the things that I uh, really strive to do, and sometimes I'm more successful at it than others, but I, I also try to notice like, where am I judging other people? Like where is judgment coming up for me? And if I notice that, then getting really curious about, okay, what's that triggering in me? Cause that judgment's about me. It's not the other person. So getting really curious about what, what's happening there, what's happening there for me and how might that be affecting the relationship with the other person? Totally. And I, and that is, I was, I was talking with a client a lot of times the way we can see those um, judgments most clearly is when we're tired. Because mm-hmm. when we're tired, we're just in our default uh, mode, right? And it's really hard to be intentional when we're tired. And uh, and so, like l- last week, I the I'm on this medication to help with sleep stuff. Doesn't matter anyway. Like it just made me exhausted all last week. I was exhausted all last week, and I could so crystal clear see all of my judgments, like right in front of me, you're wasting my time. Oh, these people are so stupid. Like, and none of those are real. Right. But it, it like, when you're tired, you can see them so clearly. And I think making like notes of, oh gosh, well, when this happens, it makes me think my time is being wasted mm-hmm. when so often it has nothing to do with that. It mm. has something to do with something else, but being able to like not make yourself tired so you can see it, but when you are tired, I think you can see it so much more clearly and see those themes that can then crop up, you know, at other times of the day, the week, the month, the year. Yeah. I think tired or high stress. Like if you're under like mass amounts of stress and you just feel that in your butt, like really pay attention to those judgments because they will show up more. Yeah. And so Brandon, I think you, you hit on a good, I mean, I think in all of what we're talking about, this curiosity, there needs to be a particular level of self-awareness. And I think we've, you know, especially during COVID, people have become more aware of themselves because we've had more time by ourselves, I think, than we've ever had before. Um, what are some of the most common, when you when we talk about curiosity and self-awareness and some of the stuff you get into with your clients, what are some of the biggest fears that come up for people because 
you know, if, if this was easy, right, everybody would be self-aware and curious, but we're not. Um, we tend to, you know, pull back and stay in the shell and put up the front and, and all those things. What are some things that you run into, maybe some common blocks, some common challenges when you're trying to get a client to be more curious slash be more self-aware, not be more, help them um, step into that self-awareness and curiosity? I think leaders can often be worried that they'll hear something they don't want to hear. So I, I, um, I used to do a lot of big group leadership trainings and, um, and I remember hearing a common theme of like, I don't want to ask people about their weekends. Cause I don't want to hear that. They're, you know, stripping on Saturdays or going to strip. I, I mean, like, and uh, okay. Like it, it, there's a fear that I'll hear something that I don't want to hear. I, I get that. Like it, it makes sense, right? You don't want to feel uncomfortable. You don't want to make others feel uncomfortable. And even I don't want to hear like, what if they tell me when I ask them how things are going, what if they say it's pretty bad and it's because of you? Like, I think that there's yeah. a fear that that yeah. can happen too. And yet, gosh, wouldn't that be so much nicer to hear yourself than from someone else or never hear it? And then yeah. like, I, 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 I think that if you don't ask, you won't know. And the only way you can grow is if you know, right. So that, that awareness of reality is so important and that when you're curious, you get more perspective on what reality is because we, we all, whether we like it or not, we live in our own echo chamber, right? So we, we mm. see through this filter and our reality, my reality is not the same as your reality, Jason, is not the same as your reality, Beth. And the only way that we can get our reality closest, closer to the, the real reality is by gaining perspective and asking people questions and getting more input. And, and that's where curiosity is really helpful, though. It does make sense that that's scary. Because when you ask questions, when you start with curiosity, you do not know what you're going to get. I'll be the first to say, I have stepped in some stuff that I haven't want, wanted to step in before, and I've learned a lot from it. Um, and I, I think one other thing that's really important, and I jotted it down as you were asking the question, Jason, is when you want to start really getting into curiosity and really learning about other people asking permission is really helpful too. It mm. kind of sets the stage of like, Hey, would you be open to me just asking you some questions? I'd love to learn some more. And that way people can opt out. And I think that also opens the door to some trust as you are asking those questions and for them to give you, you know, more information and feel more comfortable giving you more information. So yeah, that, that it, it can be scary, but if you don't ask, you'll never know. I, I like you. I think that could go on a bumper sticker. Um, if you want to grow, you have to know. I think that's a And good, I just that made a, that up. I'll, I'll be honest. really good. I'm proud of that too, as it was coming out of my mouth. So, well, and that also, I think, go, for me, goes to the quote that I'm sure I've already mentioned on the podcast at least once because I love the quote, but it's a Jack Canfield quote that everything that we want is on the other side of fear. Right. And uh, I just had a conversation with somebody at breakfast this morning. This this idea of the story we tell ourselves in our heads when we when we actually take steps to confront that or to see if it's true, to be curious about that. What we find, I think, most times, if not all the times, is that story we've made up in our head is not is, in fact, not the story at all. 
and it's and it's surprising, but it's on that other side of fear of asking the question um, that gets us there. And I love, I just love in this episode how Ted just, you know, he does it as he's winning the game, right? And he does it as he's like making his points, and he's and he just talks about you know, how he just wishes that people would have been curious because you can learn so much when you just ask a question. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Any last um, words of advice for our listeners, Brandon, as we wrap things up? You know, I, I used to do a bunch of sales trainings and the, the one thing that I would say, my challenge to everyone coming out of the sales training is the second that you feel like you're done learning about, you know, the prospect and you're ready to start talking about yourself, ask two more questions. Like whenever you mm. feel that moment, like <laughs> it's time great. to start That's presenting, great. ask two more questions. And my challenge to, to everyone listening to this is ask two more questions. Like the second that you think, oh, it's time to move on to the business of what we're talking about, or it's just time to move on, try and ask two more questions. Try and just learn something more. Even the question, and, and one of my favorite questions is, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Yep, you I, use that I, on me a lot. I, I use it all the time. And one of, one of my other favorite questions that I'll go ahead and throw out here is, what do you really want? Yep, heard when that you one get a lot when too. people get stuck on something, just what do you really want? That question causes people to zoom out and and really get into well, it's not actually about this little challenge that I'm running into because what yep. I really want has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Right? Yep. That question is a great curious question that can help get people past something. It can also help you learn what really matters to the people around you. So. Yeah. Ask two more questions and tell me more about that. And uh, what do you really want are two great ones. All right, Brandon, tell people where um, they can find you. How can they um, have more Brandon Wilson in their life? Yeah, well, so I'm I'm on LinkedIn um, and you can find me there. BrandonWilsonCoaching.com is my website. Um, and I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I, I am a musician too. And I do play music and, and it's really, really good. Very good. Yeah. Backslash music has a bunch of uh, my music on it too. Okay. Go say that URL one more time. Yeah. BrandonWilsonCoaching.com backslash music. Music. Very so cool. Good. I did not know you had music on your website. And now I'm going to go listen to that. Yeah, See, you, you have a podcast on your website. Brandon has music on his website. Very I'm going to, I'm going to do like uh interpretive dance on my website just so I have something there too. Jason, I think that's a really good plan. For I like it. I, Let's yeah. do that. Let's make Love that it. happen. All Ribbons. right. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us, Brandon. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for the Diamond Dogs podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. You can find us on Instagram at the Diamond Dogs podcast or wherever you like to listen. <laughs>